Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm Simone de Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon.com, and I am here today with Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, and Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft, and later, a special guest. But we'll get there. How are we doing tonight? I, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. I'm losing my mind. Oh my gosh. This quarantine is killing me. I was going to say, I mean, we're all at several weeks and now this is like last week. I, I mean, I still have Animal Crossing to pass the time. Um, I'm doing better this week than I was last week. Last week I had a rough time, but I'm still like my back hurts. Like my knees are cramping because I'm not getting <laughs> enough exercise. Like oh my I just, God. Yeah, you know, it sucks because to be sitting in my home and not yet, walking at all. Exactly. And it's like, okay, I can go out and, and, and take walks, but you need to be, you know. Not in um, good ergonomic chairs. Exactly. And it's just, yeah. So it's, um, we're okay. I mean, I'm sure like like all of you, it's listening at home. Like this is just, this is rough. This is not, uh, this is not normal. And we're all getting there. So. Mm-hmm. See, you all made, well, you didn't, but people made fun of me for getting that Peloton. And you I got to tell right, you, Brie. Oh I, my was, God. I was a visionary. That thing, I'm going to leave this thing with the best shape of my life because I got yeah. nothing else to do but Peloton. Um, no, I mean, they're having a moment and they were having issues. Like they were not yeah. in a great place. They are, this yeah. is, they're having a moment right now. It's, it's funny because I've gone back and forth about whether I want to get one or not. My big issue is like, do I have the space for it? And that I still don't know. Mm. But if I can find a way to make the space, I might do one of their payment plan things and get one because... Yeah, you can't get one right now. People are trying. It's impossible. Just like it's the Nintendo ordered. Switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, 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 you can get one, but you won't get it for like three weeks. My mom, right. my my old boss, Prashant, he just bought one the other day, and Prashant has like holds the Guinness Book of World Record for like most Soul Cycle classes attended or something. <laughs> oh my god! And and got married at Soul Cycle and what? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, a whole show on him next week. Uh, we he would love to be on. He's amazing, but he's kind of put off the whole like home cycling thing because he loves his glasses and he's probably he's like yeah i'm probably not going to wind up going back after he gets his peloton you know oh, wow. once soul cycle reopens and whatnot it's going to be interesting to see what happens can i just say they've improved it so much so i bought my peloton and i used it for a few months and then i just preferred going to the gym yeah i booted it back up and restarted the classes it is a drastically better uh it's a much better product today than it was the thing that I like is you used to have to like listen to the instructor about what your cadence and your resistance needed to be super carefully. Now it just displays it on the screen and you get all these strength training workouts. And even if you haven't spent $5,000 on a Peloton tread, they have professional running classes that will teach you the form and endurance and hit training, all that stuff to become a better runner. So it's literally in a, like for $40 a month, you're not just getting Peloton bike classes, you're getting yoga classes, strength training classes. It's really comprehensive now. Well, let's, we're going to go over <laughs> some tech. No, no, it's okay. I was no, in sorry. the middle of a drink of water. And then I realized that you were done with your thought and that it was time Sorry. for me to get in there. And that, But I wasn't done swallowing my water. Oh. Just a little peek behind the scenes for you listeners out there. We're professional. Um, I, I saw a few tweets being like, man, we were all making fun of the Peloton lady in the commercial. We're eating our words now. Um, <laughs> but we have a couple of great topics today. We are talking about 
Zoom, the app that everyone is now using. Um, and of course, we are returning briefly to Animal Crossing for a uh, alternative take on Scamtown. And finally, <laughs> we are wrapping up the show with maybe the real Scamtown. <laughs> Yeah, a very exciting interview with Carney Nasser, who was deeply involved in the case against Joe Exotic from the Netflix show Tiger King. Well, that well, he's from his life, but you might know him from the recent uh, Netflix show Tiger King. But we'll get to that at the end. He could be a CG character. We don't know. He might. Sure. He might be a cartoon. We're not sure. Tests have not uh, been conducted. All right, folks, let's talk about Zoom. So, as you may have noticed, everyone is using Zoom right now to keep up with work, keep up with friends, and keep up with family. But not for the first time, some of Zoom's security flaws are in the spotlight. Uh, So Verge reported that security experts, privacy advocates, lawmakers, and even the FBI warned that Zoom's default settings aren't secure enough. This comes after several more stories, one from The Intercept, which revealed that Zoom does not use end-to-end encryption, but rather transport encryption. Um, And... Several, several others. Last summer, around July, I believe, um, a major flaw was reported in Zoom that hijackers could, or hackers could hijack webcams via Zoom. But now more issues keep coming up, such as Zoom IDs previously being extremely easy to brute force, which leads led to a practice called Zoom bombing where bad actors would just basically bust into a meeting and or sneak into a meeting at the beginning when like everyone's filing in if it's like a large meeting um, and then disrupt the meeting by screen sharing uh, pornography or shock videos or even in this horrible Business Insider story, um, me- infiltrating Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and being total uh, jerks. It's horrible. Oh, there was also one where somebody like interrupted like, uh, a teacher reading books to kids and started um, screaming racial slurs. Oh my god! At at the children who were people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awful. That's awful. Yeah. Um. And just last week, Zoom pushed an update to get rid of code that sent device data to Facebook, my favorite company. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's honestly so much to dig into here, but I think to me the story is really important because it is a reminder that even as we are all being reminded in this moment of social isolation that we are so dependent on technology and actually it might even be more life-changing and important um like in a deeply meaningful way than i kind of uh, that that i was conscious of before i went into social isolation despite that we can and should continue to be vigilant about security of the technology that we're using and about being exploited by technology yeah. And, and you know what? So we talked in depth about the last uh, Zoom thing that happened over the summer. I, I went on a, a kind of a tirade because I'd been a big Zoom fan. And I'll be honest, unless someone else has been using it, I haven't used it since then. I'm, I'm one of those kind of one and done people, if I'm being totally candid. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, I won't give them my money. That said, what's frustrating about all of these issues is that from a user experience point of view and from like a pure product standpoint, when it comes to any of the video conferencing services, Zoom is hands down the best. Like it is, it has some of the best support for multiple people and concurrent video streams. Um, it has, you know, great features where you can see lots of people at once. The video quality is good. It's easy to get started. They have apps for every platform. Like it's, it's really, really good, which makes 
some of the different things that they're doing so frustrating and makes me kind of question like some of the some of the moves you can kind of, you know, I think um, uh, chalk up to being a, a, a growing company that is becoming successful and you make messy engineering decisions mm-hmm. and problems happen. And, and even really big companies have their own problems too. It's not like they're they're exempt from that. And then some things I think when we see the same sorts of stuff time and time again, it, it to me anyway certainly seems to indicate that this is a company and a product that doesn't put user privacy and doesn't put uh, you know those types of things at the forefront. Like that's not their main concern. It, like you know, and it's and ease of use over security, right? And and to be clear too. Zoom is in an interesting place in that some people have described it as, as an enterprise product, but I don't think that's really fair. I think it is more more than likely, yes, I would say designed for businesses, but it's also designed for regular people. They do have enterprise accounts and they do have apparently like they have a healthcare provider version that has a lot stronger security and has other types of things around it. But I think some of the things they're actually struggling with are that it wasn't designed for big enterprise use cases where typically you do have really strongly vetted um, people who are going in to look at how secure something is and and how well it will work uh, across, you know, uh, thousands of users and or and and lots of different domains. And you have to be, you know, compliant with lots and lots of different things. I don't think that was ever Zoom's mission, at least in the beginning. I think it was like, okay, this is for individuals or small businesses to kind of get up and use. And what we were seeing happen is two things. One, it getting adopted into the enterprise like crazy. And two, regular people and people who haven't used these types of services before getting on it because it is so easy to set up. Like my mm-hmm. mom's Bible study is going to be using it I next saw week. That. That's and, adorable. But, but here's what's amazing because as listeners, uh, frequent listeners will know, my mom is awesome. Um, she has been reading this, including she sent me the latest first story uh, today. And she's like, I don't even know if I want to use Zoom because I keep reading about these privacy things. What do I need to do to make it secure? So I wrote her a whole tutorial about how she can just use it in her web browser without having to download the app and just, you know, said, just don't sign up for an account. You don't need to bother with that. Just use it in your web browser and, and you'll be good. But I'm so proud that she was asking that question and was thinking about that, you know? Right. I mean, to a certain extent, Zoom's success is because it's the dead simplest to use. It's the dead simplest to use because they make all these shady decisions when it comes to privacy. For instance, I stopped using Zoom last year professionally when that scandal came out about basically uh, after you installed it on your Mac, they could activate your webcam without your permission because they installed it in a really shady way. Even if you went and uninstalled the app, that particular portion of it was still residing on your Mac because of the way they chose to circumvent Apple's safe procedures for installing things. Which is, by the way, the same way malware gets spread. That was the point I said, I can't ethically use this product. And then, Christina, what is so maddening is I've done probably 30 video conferences on Zoom since this started. Because every single endorsement group, every single, like, donors are wanting to use Zoom. And it's, you're forced into using it here. And I, I get that it's has a low amount of friction and it's friendly for normal people, but it's a freaking privacy nightmare. And just one more thing. I really expected them after that S show last year 
to get their stuff together and to make this a secure product. And I pulled my hair out today reading that they've got the exact same bug and the exact same vulnerabilities. They are claiming it's end-to-end encryption. And then journalists are looking into this and finding out it's just TLS. And they're right. flat out lying about Can that. Can you explain to me yeah. the difference between yes. transport encryption and end-to-end? So I'll, I can tell you what the how it matters to you. So generally speaking, if it's end-to-end encrypted, uh, the government can't get that key. They can't look at it. There can't be a man in the middle. Well, it's harder to have a man in the middle attack. But the, the bottom line is it's me talking to you, and there's no way for a third party like Zoom to get the keys and put it out there. It's just a much more secure way to roll, which is why that's how iMessage works. Right. So if you have TLS... Don't get me wrong, it's it's secure for a lot of things, but it's just for a company like Zoom having control over that or being able theoretically to do some shady things, they've shown they'll do shady things. So you right. want end-to-end encryption. I mean, you, well, right? you do. Yeah. Well, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the only thing I'll push back on is that where I fault them here is that they are not um, – being clear, like they, they are advertising into end encryption when it's not. So what right. they're advertising is not what they have. That said, most of these services, particularly if you're using them in any sort of school or enterprise or other sort of thing, are not going to be into end encrypted on like a, a level like something like Signal would be, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, they're and 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 in in fact, I think you could even argue that in a lot of cases you don't want that. Like it's great when you can have it, but it's it's not always ideal just because of the complexities that that adds in. If you ever forget a password, if um you want to have you know uh, if you want to use on more than one device, which is a massive problem that Signal has, for instance, some other things like you know it it can add a lot more complications. So where I really criticize them is not for not being end end encrypted because I think that. That's actually okay, um, but it's the fact that they were saying they're end-to-end encrypted when really all they're saying is that the information you're sending to our server is encrypted and can't be hacked, but that doesn't mean that they don't have access to things. I, I think the I think installing it on your Mac in a shady way, in literally the exact same way malware is injected into your Mac, like if you look, read the I, article, look, I, we'll, I, yeah. I, I know, we talked about this yeah. Last year. I mean, we don't need to rehash that for for the audience, but I don't disagree with any of that. The reality is, though, a lot of people are still going to use this. And in some cases, you don't have a choice. I mean, if you're a school, if you're Mm -hmm. my mom's Bible study, if you have friends, you have other things, people are using this. Uh, And so what's been disappointing to me, they have been responding, but it's it's kind of coming at like a a scramble standpoint, you know, more and more things are happening. And on the one hand, I've seen some arguments that are like, oh, people are being a little bit unfair to them. That's not that's not necessarily wrong. I think that they're maybe getting outsized attention. I don't know if this same level of um, you know people are looking at this the same if they're looking at WebEx or even if they're looking at Microsoft Teams. Which disclosure, I work at Microsoft. That's what I use. That's our our product, which is kind of you know which competes with Slack, but also has a, a, a web video component uh, to it. You know, I don't see the same sort of deep dive into those other services. I hope that there will be, but. I think part of the reason that Zoom is getting the outsized attention is because it's been so successful, like mm-hmm. with everybody. You know, everyone's using it. And, and I think that, that yeah. what that means is that people who are not necessarily as uh, informed about security practices are using it more. So it's all the more important. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, I think that's dead on. Um, it's it's that ubiquity though. It doesn't give it a pass. And I mean, 
You know, I've talked to so many people working in schools and distance learning things right now. Like, it's everything. It's university mm-hmm. classes. It's uh, special ed classes. It is, I mean, it's it's really how we're all living our life right now. So what, what I want to see is I do think it's fair to put pressure on Zoom so they will step up their ethical approach to how they market themselves and how they install these things on your computer and what the footprint is after the fact. But I want to see Microsoft Teams step up. And, you know, like I, Microsoft Teams has gotten some criticism this week, some high-profile <laughs> criticism. I would like to see it step up with a product that is I, – I would love to see a marketing push and, and put something of Microsoft-style security behind it in a way that normal people could use. Or, or Google, Google Hangouts. I just want to see someone else in this space because I think it's a tremendously dangerous – default choice, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. I mean, uh, uh, Microsoft did announce that there will be a consumer-free version of Teams launching later this year. Oh, I I, missed that. And and, and so that's really good. Skype is still going to be a thing. It's still going to be used, but there will be like a a consumer version of Teams, which a personal version, which I think is a really good thing because I think there is now proof with, with all of this uh, the way that our world has changed, that we need these sorts of solutions. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is an opportunity for other people to to step up. And certainly, I know that we've internally been, you know, um, uh, you know, kind of leaning on the Teams team to, you know, change different features and to add different stuff. And, and they're now, frankly, using the product in maybe a different way than they were using it before. So I hope that the whole space can get better. I don't have anything against Zoom per se. I like I said, I'm with you. I I don't I won't use it personally after what happened last year, but uh you don't always have the choice. You know, if, if that's what you're you, you can't always make like a moral choice on that. Like if if your child's school or whatever is is using that, it's not like you can just say, "Well, I'm going to opt in and not have them attend class." Or if you're a college student, you know, you don't really have those options. So, I think that hopefully the pressure will will continue and will make them be take some things more seriously. Mhm. Yeah. Hey, folks, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Well, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't got to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. If I were building a new Squarespace website right now, um, A, I would get that dope free trial so I could just build the whole website without like any money, no credit card required. B, I would devote it to tracking when my heat will go off. I, I would create some <laughs> sort of beautiful visual model showing my apartment being extremely hot um, and looking at the weather, looking forward to the day when it will be warm enough that the heat will automatically turn off in my building because we cannot continue to live like this folks. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash rocket. And then when you decide to show up or to sign up, what? You have already shown up and built a whole website. But when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain and show your support 
for Rocket. Once again, that is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Thank You've you, got time. Yeah. You've got time. Go You've got so much time on your hands. You can mess with all their <laughs> cool fonts. I would literally just spend so much time just like changing the body, the body text font and being like, huh, I like that. Changing it again. Oh, well, that's a good one. Changing it again. Oh, interesting. Anyway, this next topic is extremely important to all of us. We've all been <laughs> affected by this. And that is, of course, the stonk market, by which I mean the stock market, <laughs> by which I mean selling turnips in Animal Crossing. Folks, <laughs> let me tell you how it goes. On Sunday, a little uh, hog named Daisy May shows up on your island in Animal Crossing New Horizons. She will sell you a load of turnips for a varying price. It's every week. It's a different price of turnip. Um, I personally, how much did uh, you buy turnips for this week, Brie? Oh, gosh. What was my final price? It was 134 I think. So I bought at one at 92 I sold at uh, I sold at one thirty four and oh yeah my house is paid off my mortgage is paid off I got bling bling clothes now I should have on bought island. on your island so you what happens have. after yes. you buy the turnips at a price for the rest of the week the um, price that you can sell the turnips fluctuates and what you want is to get at least fifty percent return on your turnips because uh, come the next Sunday they will rot and they will be unsellable. Yep. So we've all been playing the stalk market. Stonk, stonk market. Stonk market. Stonks. Yeah. Stonks go up. Stonk market this week. Um, <laughs> and I believe we've all been successful. Yes. I I have uh, I, I don't think I did. I don't think my spread was quite as good as Breeze. I think I bought it 101 and I sold it like 145. Oh. So, but, but there have been some people who've had like been able to you know, sell it like multiple hundreds more than that. I'm just, I think because my real stocks are in the toilet. Yeah. The animal crossing toilet where you can poop, uh, (laughs) where I think because of that, I I'm a little bit like skittish with my stocks. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. This is your chance. I didn't pay my mortgage. I refuse to pay Tom Nook my mortgage. I put it all into turnips. I owe Tom Nook a, a lot of money. And then I was I was spamming our chat all week. I'm like, Simone, where are your turnips at? Come on, tell me. Give me an update. It's Come on. It's like after five. Tell me. And then all the Rocket listeners, by the way, thank you all six of you that added me this week as friends. I'm like texting all of them. I'm like, what are your stonks at? Like, I'm <laughs> hardcore into this. We're running a stonk market manipulation scheme here on this podcast. That's my message. So here's you. the important thing to keep in mind about the stonk market. You can, of course... Travel to a friend's island if their turnip sale price is much higher than yours and make a make bank there. Uh, it's been a really cool thing where people are like finding strangers and waiting in line, like thousands of people visiting someone else's island, waiting in line to sell turnips and then leaving huge tips. So people are reporting they made millions of bells in tips from just letting people come into their island to sell turnips, which is so cool. Um, But I want to talk a bit about some of the turnip price trends. Are you guys aware of this? No. Oh, my God. Please tell me about this. There is a wonderful Polygon.com guide to turnip trends. 
Um, and this is based on information patterns from New Leaf. It's not, it's a bit too early to see if the patterns are the same in Animal in New Horizons. However, um, in this week, we were able to pretty accurately predict some of the trends. Um, so there's a decreasing trend, a random trend, a small spike, and a big spike. And so with a decreasing trend, um, it will start out solidly around 80 or 90, but every day, um, so the prices update twice a day, morning and um, afternoon. Every update, it'll drop just a little bit, drop just a little bit. So by around Thursday, you know, if you have if you have decreasing prices up to Thursday, you know, okay, I got to ditch these. This is going nowhere fast. There's a random trend, which is, again, just nuts. Um, there's a small spike, which is two small increases or like kind of two small fluctuations that could be decreases sometimes are increases followed by one slightly larger increase and then a descent from there and then there's a large spike which peaks again wednesday afternoon um and that is like a, a much larger fluctuation so low low higher and then higher and then even higher and then it goes down from there so I hope that this is, I'll put the link in the show notes. I hope this is helpful for you guys playing the stonk market. I just, I, I want rocket people feel free to reach out to me. Let's all game this together. Like Absolutely. And help, help us out. If you've got good turnip prices, tweet us. Like we will friend you. We will friend yes. you. We, we, we will like set up a thing. We will tip you as, as Simone was saying, that's a great hustle to get some money. Cause I, I, I'm in deep now from my second room to, uh, to Tom Nook and, and <laughs> he's going to wait a while. I mean, it's, it's going to be a while before he gets that money. Yeah. Don't pay your mortgage. Come on. It's coronavirus. You don't have to pay your rent, Christina. <laughs> just, 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 he can wait. That's my message. Oh my well, I mean, God. Tom Nook is, Tom Nook is always the least person like that I care about. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm always like, look, if if it were Isabel, maybe we'd be having a different story, but all yeah. right. <laughs> cool. So let's go into our final topic of the day, which as I as I previewed is our interview with Carney Nasser. And let us uh grow tape. All right, we've got a very exciting guest today. I'm here, of course, with Carney Nasser, who is the director of the Animal Welfare Clinic at the Michigan State University College of Law and was instrumental in the case behind uh, Joe Exotic, who you might know from the current <laughs> hit Netflix documentary, Tiger King, that everyone is talking about all the time on Twitter and in my life and all around me. There's no one around me. I'm sorry. There, I'm in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Carney, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, I mean, obviously, everybody is talking about this case, literally everybody. And I have I have found that there, at least with my friend group, there's a really big gendered breakdown with this. Like my own husband has very, uh, the, the show Tiger King itself is basically about, at the highest level, it's about a man by the name of Joe Exotic that ends up going to prison and a, um, a, uh, a, a kind of conflict he has with another woman. Uh, and Carol, who is doing uh, basically animal rescue. And along the way, there are some really terrible allegations about her. But before we get to all of that, I would, I would love to know, what is your involvement in this case? Kind of how, how did you lead to these charges being brought against Joe Exotic? 
So I've been in animal protection focused on creative legal strategies to help exotic animals um, who are suffering and abused in circuses, roadside zoos, menageries, private ownership. Um, And the majority of the focus of my legal career has been on big cats, specifically tigers. Um, Joe Exotic has been on everybody's radar for many, many years. He's been one of the most notorious exploiters and abusers of big cats in the country for a very long time. And the way that this all unfolded, because the investigation, the federal investigation into the wildlife trafficking charges started long before anything about the murder for hire issue even unfolded. So Mm -hmm. we have to go back a minute to, do you all remember that there was a guy in Louisiana keeping a tiger in a gas station? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it all started with that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The man who was keeping the tiger in the gas station, I was working at the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Before I I went to um, legal academia, I worked for a couple of different animal protection organizations um, in their legal departments. And I was working on that Tony the Tiger case. And... um, the owner of Tony, the gas station tiger, brought in Joe Exotic to be, get this, his expert witness <gasps> in the in some legislative hearings. He was about to lose Tony. Um, we had litigated this case up to the Louisiana Supreme Court, which had which had affirmed um, a lower court ruling that the guys, the gas station's permit to keep Tony confined there was um, invalid. So we had this wonderful, amazing sanctuary out in Colorado, all set up to to take Tony. Um, there were a number of tigers who had been in gas stations in Texas who were already there and thriving in these vast naturalistic habitats. And that was what we were ready to do. Um, he went and asked his, his state lawmaker for retroactive exemption from the law and brought in Joe Exotic to testify on his behalf about why it's a really awesome thing to have a gas station tiger. Can we just take a minute? I can't skate past this and (laughs) and think of like, how bad must your life be going that you're going, oh, I need a character witness for my court. But but I need Joe Exotic as my character witness. He's the guy who's going to convince the jury (laughs) that this is actually like a sane idea. Or like a legislative body, you know, I went to, I went into the, the, the committee chambers in my, you know, I was nine months pregnant at the time, but I, you know, I was dressed, still dressed professionally and I went in and there's Joe and he didn't like that we were there. And of course he produced some awesome YouTube videos where he was like filleting a pickle and mocking, um, mocking, uh, some of my colleagues with that. Oh my God, no. And just, you know, the... (laughs) It was, it was typical Joe, you know, so, but, but getting back to the issue of how this all unfolded the wildlife trafficking case after that, he took some tigers, he came back to Louisiana. He took some tigers from a failing Louisiana facility back to Oklahoma. And one thing that we animal protection attorneys do is we use the freedom of information act, like on the daily basis, we're Mm -hmm. constantly seeking records and a lot, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of records about big cats, but what the records that we were able to get, um, I raised a lot of red flags for me. Just this one particular transfer that was sloppy, um, I felt was a Lacey Act violation. Oh. So 
Um, I went and I met with, because I live in New Orleans, so I I'm went sorry, and I met. I'm sorry, what is the Lacey Act violation, just very so quickly? The Lacey Act is the, the, so there are two primary federal laws um, relating to the treatment and trade of wildlife specifically. Now, um, if you're also exhibiting, then there, there's a third one, the Federal Animal Welfare Act. But um, the Endangered Species Act relates to the treatment of um, and import and export. But the Lacey Act relates to how, how wildlife is moved around the country. And it applies broadly to wildlife, not just endangered species. Got it. So, um, it looked to me like this was an improper transfer across state lines that possibly could trigger a Lacey Act violation. So, um, so I put together as well organized of a, of a case file as I could in a presentation. I took that to federal prosecutors and, um, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service agent in Lafayette, Louisiana, um, and presented the case to them. And they, you know, they said that it seemed like a really, really, you know, they're like, this is the best presented put together case we've ever received Yay. from you know, a phone call before. And, um, but they felt like it was better situated in Oklahoma, which really was my hope all along because, you know, this is Oklahoma's where Joe is. So, um, so anyway, so the, all the materials got transferred up to Oklahoma. I went and I met with Amanda Green and Matt Bryant. Um, Amanda Green is the amazing assistant U.S. attorney who prosecuted Joe Exotic. And Matt Bryant was the lead U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service investigator. Um, and uh, they, I mean, I, I can't even, I can't sing their praises loud long enough um, um, for, for how they, how they went about this and brought about justice. Um, but I, so that it started just with this one transfer that wasn't that it frankly, wasn't that unlike a lot of his other transfers of cats. Um, you know, there was, you know, his, his facility was a virtual revolving door, mm-hmm. you know, just constant transfers. And I mean, you saw in the reality show, and I always make a point of clarification when anyone calls it a documentary, I'm like, it's not a documentary, it's a reality <laughs> show. Is this a good time to ask you how you feel about the show's portrayal of this this case and this this story, I guess? My understanding is that this individual who made the reality show, um, who I'd, I'd never heard of, which is bizarre because when people are making, um, when people are producing anything about big cats, then usually the leading experts in the field are contacted. Catch wins. Mm-hmm. None of us knew who he was, until uh-huh. we, you know, um, until, until Tiger King came about, but you know, he, my understanding is that he told people he was going to make the black fish for tigers mm. and what he decided to do. And, and, and for the instead, audience, and just, just for the audience, black fish was a documentary that basically docu- unearthed what, what was happening about uh, with the sea world. And the focus and, was on the treatments of orcas in captivity right. who are used for entertainment. And there's the tigers are totally lost in Tiger King. Um, they're not the yeah. focus. The 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 decades of abuse of like systematic abuse of tiger cubs and other animals who are just used as objects of entertainment at Joe's facility and at 
the roadside zoos that use cats for, for petting across the, the United States and, and bottle feeding and all that stuff to swim with tigers and all these ridiculous experiences that people will pay up to thousands of dollars for. Um, that was, that wasn't, that wasn't focused on at all. The, the, it just, the fact that cruelty is the rule, not the exception. And there's voluminous evidence of Joe's chronic abuse there's voluminous evidence of his chronic failure to meet the most minimum low bar standards of care under the Federal Animal Welfare Act. Right. 23 tiger cubs died in his care in a like rapid succession. And he was the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which has been criticized by its own internal auditors for failing to enforce the Federal Animal Welfare Act, had not one, not two, not three, but four open investigations <gasps> into Joe. Wow. wow. So that none of that even <laughs> right. And well, I mean, and I've watched the entire series uh, front to back, and I I want to admit I I have I I other than knowing you and knowing you know your area of law that you worked in work in uh, I never thought much about this issue, and I I I absolutely agree with your assessment. If you were looking for something that that raises the public's awareness about like the abuse of tiger cubs and the the cost here this was not the show it was a uh, it was it was portrayed to be as jerry springer like as possible something i wanted to ask you about was uh you know what i find so frustrating about watching twitter explode talking about tiger king is the amount of focus there's on carol baskin so if uh, viewers haven't seen the show it's kind of set up where Carol Baskins is Joe's Darth Vader almost. She's the nemesis. And they uh, dedicate most of episode three to some really salacious, and if you dig into it, rather baseless. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean No, no. But... It, really baseless rumors that if you yeah. dig into it, the evidence is just not there. They selectively leave out things like some of the people they're quoting, uh, saying she's responsible for the disappearance of her husband. Uh, we're indicted of embezzlement for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, it really, it's almost like documentary malpractice. It was so misleading. So I'm curious, that's my opinion, by the way, but I'm curious how you feel about that. Uh, my opinion is that a documentary serves the arts and education and this, the neither, not even close. <laughs> I mean, this was a soap opera reality show dumpster fire that added nothing of really nothing substantive of value to the conversation about the fact that America has a tiger crisis and the loopholes in our federal laws regulating the movement of these critically endangered animals have been found to be so so significant, these the loopholes in our laws, that the leading organization on trafficking and monitoring wildlife trafficking globally, it's actually called traffic, um, found that we have a, quote, perfect storm in the United States that may increase the likelihood that parts on the black market, that exotic animal and tiger parts on the black market will end up having originated right here in roadside zoos and backyard breeders. And it's just that this, this person who made this reality show like thumbed his nose at the, the very, very um, sobering reality that these cats are facing. You know, the, the, mm -hmm. their numbers are exploding 
and backyards and roadside zoos like like the Joe Exotics of the world. Yeah. While their numbers in in the wild, their wild counterparts are plummeting. And all these dollars that are going bottle feeding and cub petting and all this crap that these roadside zoos love to dupe the public into believing supports conservation is 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 lining their pockets and taking away money from the real need, which is the habitats in the wild where these 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 animals will be the species right. will be gone mm-hmm. within three generations is what yeah. is what the experts and scientists are projecting. That's awful. Did you did you have any worries? You know, so much of the show, uh if you haven't seen it, spoiler, Joe eventually goes to jail for uh basically uh, a, a murder plot to uh, kill Carol it's Wildlife Baskins. trafficking, right. and it's Endangered it, Species Act. He killed five yeah. tigers and then and two killed five, murder yeah. for hire. That's correct. Um, were you worried at all? Because this was a man that wouldn't, he got very clearly fixated on this woman in a, a really freakish way and yeah. would film videos of him out there, you know, like putting her likeness up and then blowing it up with various explosives and shooting it. Were you afraid that you were, cause this is your area of law. Were you afraid you were going to end up in, in these people's sites at some point? We all are. We've all been there. Um, maybe not to the same extent that Carol has been. I don't know anybody on the front lines of big cat advocacy, um, or endangered species protection who hasn't been threatened who hasn't been, um, uh, you know, um, physically intimidated. Um, I've been, there's a community that, that local lawmakers have asked, have told me, um, please don't come back for your own physical safety. Um, because of one particular big cat owner who, um, has threatened, made threats. Um, and so, you know, we, some of us have been sued, um, for, for, you know, a variety of different things just to try to, to, you know, Quash us mm-hmm. from speaking yeah. out on behalf of the cats. Um, so we've all we've all been there. We can all sympathize and empathize with what Carol experienced. Though her she her her experience is on the very extreme end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of going back, is keeping tigers in gas stations like a normal <laughs> thing? Is that a it, thing that people do? It it was like all over Texas for a period of time. And the man who's keeping them in Texas ended up relinquishing those cats to um, the wild animal sanctuary in uh, Keensburg, Colorado, which is a beautiful, accredited, amazing sanctuary. Um, And then the sun um, opened up a gas station in Louisiana and was keeping tigers there. Um, I don't know. We've also seen, um, when I was at the Animal Legal Defense Fund, we rescued a bear who was kept in an ice cream shop. Oh God! Um, there's, God. I mean, these these sort of animals, much like the you know live animal mascots that some universities have. Um, it's you know they're they're tourist attractions. They're mm-hmm. interesting sideshows for people to have. So, um, um, how how are these animals imported? I mean, I because I. I can understand how people can smuggle drugs, I guess, but I, I, yeah. I'm, I, but I, is, it, is it a similar thing with, with, um, with endangered species with wildlife like this, where it's, it's cartels that are, that are kind of bringing them in and are paying people off to not have it, you know, on anybody's, you know, records. I mean, I'm just, how, how are people getting them into the country to begin with so that they can breed them and do all these other terrible things? 
Well, they're all captive bred at this point. So there's right. not any okay. import happening actually of tigers. Okay. Um, you know, there are, we, we are, you know, there are zoos now that are um, paying to import wild captured elephants to repop, you know, to help like inject the population with, with some new, um, with some new genes and stuff. But, um, but in terms of importing tigers, that's, that's not happening. And the, the permits that are required for, so tigers are listed, um, at the highest level of protection, both under our federal endangered species act and also by the CITES treaty. That's the convention on the international trade and endangered species. It's the multilateral wildlife treaty that, that underpins, um, our, our endangered species act. Um, Um, and tigers have the highest level of protection. We, we don't, we haven't seen any more import of tigers. They're so critically endangered that they're, none of these actors would able be able to ever, first, they don't have the resources. And second, they can't meet the legal requirements um, to obtain one of those permits. Oh my gosh. Well, I cannot thank you enough for initiating, for helping be part of why this man is in prison today. Uh, I just, I think he's a true supervillain from my reading of this documentary, uh, just terrible. And I've been I've been really shocked by the misogyny I've seen in kind of the 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 outcome of this. Uh, Every it's, it's celebrity really, response yeah. is like th- to your point, Carney, saying that Carol Baskin is guilty of murdering her husband. Mm-hmm. Like Cardi B wants to start a fund to get Joe Exotic out of jail. I think OJ freaking Simpson published a video today <laughs> oh, about it, which is oh, just dear. like a, a nightmarish confluence of events. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I think if there's any evidence a society doesn't like women, it's like that this show gets made and most yeah. of it's about how Joe Exotic is a monster. And most of the backlash seems to be at Carol, which is just it's unconscionable to me. It's unconscionable. The only and I'm not defending any any part of this, but he's a character and he's 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 entertaining to watch what he's doing is terrible and what he's perpetuating is awful, but there is something that I, I'm not going to disagree with. I, I'm not going to argue against the fact that it's, it's compelling. There's something that, that oh, sucks yeah. you in. And, oh, yeah. and that's, I, I think that's probably part of why people are misguidedly defending him and going after that. And I think it's also why, you know, um, as Carney, you refer to it as a reality show, which is probably more apt than a, than a docu-series. It's certainly not kind of a traditional documentary. Um, why I didn't focus more on the 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 tiger problem and and, and the big the, the treatment of the big cats because the characters in this are frankly more compelling from like a you know a, a pure entertainment point of view like that's a, it's a more captivating narrative than you know try than than telling maybe what arguably is the more important story so you know I, I don't disagree with with your um uh classification of of this as not being a, a documentary but I do also from a I guess from a programming standpoint you can, I can, I can understand why impetus for someone who didn't care as much would be like, oh, these, these people are really interesting. And this is really fascinating. Even if what it's actually kind of the, the undercurrent is, is a lot yeah. more depressing and, and has a lot more uh, deep implications. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's also an indicator to me that it was made by somebody who doesn't really know or care about these, the issues impacting the cats at all, because for those of us who've lived in, in this world and done this work, um, we, you know, Joe was quirky a decade ago and now, you know, like for me, honestly, I, I forced myself to watch the, the, the series 
and I fell asleep in the middle of the second episode because it was so painfully boring for me. Oh, no. Um, cause it's just been, this is, this is, I've been dealing with Joe, all these issues that were raised. This is nothing new to anybody who actually know. like it's, there's no wow factor for any of mm-hmm. us. I can see <laughs> how there is for the, um, for viewers and for a filmmaker who doesn't have any objective to educate or make the world a better place. Who's just looking for like a quick money grab maybe, or Mm -hmm. just to get a little cap, like a really, you know, just get as as many people watching like a train wreck as possible. That's why I can't watch Silicon Valley because it's not a (laughs) comedy to me. It's real. It's, it's our career, right? Like that's every single day. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. One more thing before you go. We know each other because we both have Porsche race cars. So I have a 718 GTS. Tell everybody what you drive and tell them all about that. (laughs) I, so I drive and race that I have a Cayman S as well, but seven. Um, manual, naturally oh, aspirated. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It <laughs> um, is beautiful by the way. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. Thank you. I love it. Um, I'm now a fab speed brand ambassador. Um, oh wow. Really? Yeah. So, um, I love them because they're very, they're so philanthropically minded. Like it's really interesting. Just, I love the, the, the people I've connected with in, um, my Porsche community and my racing community, because it's just, um, they're, they're so they recycle everything they're, you know, they're making, they've opened up their manufacturing and engineering cap- capacity to make parts for ventilators and stuff right now. And so, you know, I've been really excited to, to, to be part of their family now too. So everybody complains about the sound of the 718 GTS. I think it sounds yeah. good, but there's a fab speed exhaust I've had my eye on for quite a oh, while. So maybe yes. you can get me a discount. Maybe we'll oh, talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> no collusion on the air. Um, Kearney, where can people find you online if you want to be found? Um, online, you can find me um, on Twitter, just at Carney Ann. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, um, on Instagram. I'm even on TikTok. Um, and then you can, um, also reach me. Um, I've, I've got a profile on the MSU law website, so you can find me through that. It's got my contact information. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank Thank you you all. This was really fun. Wow, what a great interview that we did live in this moment that just happened. That was great. Wow. No, that was really interesting. I had no idea she was a car person, too. Yeah, yeah. Just like the icing on the cake. I we knew I met her in the 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 Porsche groups and it was like, oh, we should be friends. And then it's like, oh my God, like she wait, you're important. (laughs) Right. Well, she has some famous lawsuits she's been a part of as well. Like she's really badass. She's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Bree, what are you doing this week? What am I doing? Thank you, everyone. We had a smashing, successful end of quarter yesterday. I'm not going to tell you how much money we raised, but it was it was a lot of money yesterday. So thank you for That's all great. the Rocket listeners that stepped up and helped us out. Uh, you know, this is a scary time to be running for office with coronavirus. So um, honestly, I took today off to recharge because... You can only do so many hundreds of hours of call time. Uh, Other than that, we're producing some videos uh, this month. Y'all, our next big emergency is um, there's a signature deadline as of May 1st that you have to have 2,000 signatures to get on the ballot. 
on Super Tuesday, we went out and got 1,200 signatures, and we're thinking, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. And then coronavirus hit. Um, so we're, me and half of the other campaigns in Massachusetts are deeply unsure how we're going to get on the ballot. So um, we're we're kind of having a crisis about that, thinking about that. This is where the Secretary of State and the State House need to uh, lead on that. So uh, this week I will be developing an ulcer over that problem, basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Have, 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 has there been any movement from them? Have they said anything that they're going nope. to be taking anything under consideration? No, they're just, nope. they're just ignoring all this. we're having the Massachusetts... Uh, in, but it's not me. This is people running for town hall, for uh, totally. state, uh, state house. This is town government. Like, this is this is a lot of people that need ballot access. And I, I would bet almost anything. It's like some people currently serving uh, in positions. Um, mm. So we're, we're, we're going to put out a video this week. It's going to be cute. And frankly, I may get to the point where I'm mailing people uh, pens and sheets and return envelopes and asking them to send it back. So not a bad idea. Ridiculous. Well, yeah. it is because, you know, then it's like, how did those people know we don't have coronavirus? I mean, what I can do is like let it sit in a box for five days after it gets here so it's safe. But it's just 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 freaking extend the deadline yeah. or lower the number of signatures. Like do something, right? Christina, what are you doing this week? Uh, working, trying to figure out various uh, things within OBS and macOS, which is super fun. Uh, because we're doing a lot of our video production remote now. And so I've had to order a bunch of equipment and play around with things. And in all honesty, the easiest solution might just be to use Windows. But I'm trying to use an external camera as a webcam. And that's easier said than done because the way that NDI and, and things work on Mac and OBS are interesting. Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of that, uh, working as much as I can, you know, trying to catch up on my Netflix queue, mm-hmm. playing stonks. Have you found a lighting kit that works really well for that at home that's lower footprint? Because we're thinking about investing in a second one. I've been looking at the Elgato. Um, uh, I think they're like their uh, stage lights or whatever they're called. Um, that I've been looking at getting. I don't have anything right now that's super low footprint, but I've been looking at the Elgato stuff. I think that's probably what I'm going to wind up going with. Yeah. My lighting kit's a three uh, lighting set, and it's it's good, but it takes up a ton of floor space. Like it's big, heavy, professional lights, and I just I want something a little bit, you know, less difficult that doesn't take thirty minutes every time I want to move to a different room. <laughs> totally. Uh, what am I doing this week? Uh, pretty much the same. Trying to work out, I'm trying to make time to work out, and researching and writing videos while trying not to get distracted by the fact that I'm just in my home. <laughs> it's good to be back home though. Um, I'm not, I'm no longer in quarantine BNB. I've got my regular mic back. I'm in my bed. I've got my clicker. So it's all very exciting for me. Uh, Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girls on the uh, Twitter and the Instagram. And Brianna, what about you? You can find me on Brianna Wu on Twitter and developer Brianna Wu on uh, Facebook. If you want to support my congressional campaign, you can do that by going to supportbrianna.com. Sick. You can find me on, on Twitter and everywhere at Doom Quasar. Um, and you can, yeah, ev- I'm everywhere. Y'all, I'm everywhere. Uh, if you want to support this show, please do leave us a review or a uh, like star rating on Apple Podcasts. I know, like, recently, 
obviously, because of the virus situation, everyone has been affected by that. And some people way, way, way worse than others. So this is kind of a minor thing. But obviously, podcast advertising has been less of a thing that companies are interested in investing in. So any review just helps raise our profile and helps new people find the show, which helps makes us more attractive, which helps us live. (laughs) 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 So thank you so much to everyone who has done that. If you haven't done it, hey, now's a great time. I know you're inside. (laughs) Um, And if you aren't inside, stay safe. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 